Hello, hello, and welcome to the Relate Then Educate podcast. It is Erin Patton here. I am hoping you all are enjoying being back to school. You're back from winter break. It is 2023. I'm sure many of you have written 2022 multiple times on your board or on papers or whatever. You know, when you are out of the classroom, a lot of things changes in your life. And one of those changes is that you really don't know the date like you do when you're teaching. You don't know the date. I don't write the date. I mean, it's, I don't know if I've actually written the date yet this year. There's just not as many reasons to do so. So anyway, I hope you're enjoying your time back from winter break and I'm sure your kids are behaving so wonderfully and like just the little angels that they are. Just kidding. I'm sure you're needing lots of um, procedures and all that kind of stuff. Um, this year, my best friends and I, they, I have never done a, a word of the year before and they have, they have done it for the past couple of years. So they were like, let's all do one. And so I finally reluctantly <laughs> agreed to do it. You know, sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to get in. This is like one of those things that like everyone does. And if I'm not going to take it seriously, I don't want to do it, but then I could just take it seriously and do it. So that's what I decided to do. So my friends chose great words. One of my friends chose beauty. One of my friends chose connection. And my word for 2023 is action. Um, I have these past couple years out of the classroom, I have done so much work on myself. I mean, I've, I've gotten to know myself in a way that I certainly in my 38 years of life have never known who I was um, like this. And so I've done a lot of the hard internal work. I have, you know, faced my demons and still working on a bunch of stuff. But I am in, I am equipped in a way that I have never been equipped before. I know myself in a way I've never known myself before. And so by choosing action, I want to take that knowledge, take that information and see what I can do with it. See what kind of life I can build for myself um, by taking action. Because for me, fear keeps me from taking action. Procrastination keeps me from taking action. There's a lot of things. And so that is what I want to focus on is if it's going to do something positive for me, let's take action. Let's do it. So that's my year. That's my word for 2023. Do you guys have words? I'd love to hear them. Email us or anything. Oh, which reminds me, I got an official Relate and Educate email. So now you can email me directly at Aaron, E-R-I-N, Aaron at Relate then educate.com. That is my new email address. If you would like to get in contact with me to tell us anything for the pod or get in uh, contact with me so you want to be on the pod, reach out. There's also another email address, podcast at relatethaneducate.com, which I will be checking both of those. So reach out to us. We're going to be doing more stuff on there soon. Um, <clears throat> okay, so this week's episode is with Jordan Harden. Jordan Harden is someone that I was introduced to through one of our previous guests, Jackie Mancinelli. Jackie Mancinelli was on our one of our first episodes. I think it was like our eighth episode. And um, she started an organization called Start Healing Together. And it is a fantastic, fantastic organization um, that provides information and support to help alleviate and um, 
it's, I'm sorry, to help alleviate the stigma surrounding pregnancy loss and infertility. And if you heard this episode, it was a really good, um, emotional episode. It's kind of hard to not be emotional when you're talking about, you know, such emotional things and such things that are so prevalent within our teaching community also. So, um, Jordan was one of the teachers who worked with Jackie Mancinelli at Start Healing Together. And Jordan worked with Jackie to get contract language worked into their contracts so that they can, um, provide proper bereavement for pregnancy and infant loss. And she goes into all the details on here and it's wonderful. And it just, it makes me so happy that it makes me so sad. First of all, that there are these issues that are become blinding issues that when tragedy happens to our teachers and when, you know, just possibly one example, a pregnancy loss, you're, you know, you're so excited and you lose your, you lose your baby. And then having to like, go back to school, how much time do I take off? You know, the, I, I, what do I do? And so much of that is not worked into our contract negotiations. They're not worked into that contract language. So there aren't specifics of what we are able to do. And so that is where Jackie Mancinelli at Start Healing Together comes in. And she was able to work with Jordan and for her school here in Oklahoma, they got some great contract negotiations and got some good contract language put in their contracts so that they can properly honor and take care of their teachers who go through you know, these life unexpected things. So I can't wait for you to get to hear this episode. Oh, it was wonderful. It was a good heart episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. So enjoy this episode with my friend, Jordan Harden. Amplifying the voices of teachers. This is Relate and Educate. Hey teachers, welcome back. This is Aaron from Relate and Educate, and I'm sitting here next to Rick. Hello, Rick. Hi, good morning. And we are talking on Google Meet to a wonderful teacher here in Oklahoma, just a little too far out of the way, so we had to meet on Google Meets. We are talking to Jordan Harden. Hello, Jordan. Hi, everybody. Hi. Tell us where you are uh, from. <laughs> where are yeah. you calling Jordan from? Jordan is in her classroom. We can see the, the calendar in the yes. back, the, the, the whiteboard, the whole thing. So where are you, where are you right now? Yes. Um, I am a teacher for Putnam City Public Schools, which okay. is in Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. So we're our own district within Oklahoma City. Putnam City isn't actually a city, gotcha. but we're a district. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. And what do you teach? I teach third grade Aww. at Northridge Elementary. So fun. I taught third grade for five years. I loved third grade. It was so fun. Third grade is the best grade I know. because they are 
still young enough that they love school and they love their teacher yes. and they want to make everybody happy, but also they can tie their own shoes. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so right. And they can like button their pants and do all of that gross stuff that <laughs> younger kids can't do. <laughs> my niece is in third grade and I just am like, oh, this is my favorite. This is like prime time right here. I love an older elementary student. It's my favorite. Yes. Well, Me cool. Too. So how long have you been in teaching? Uh, this is my 11th year teaching. Okay. Congratulations. All in third grade or have you been throughout? All in third grade at the same school. So wow. nice. So you have really started to hone your craft. Like you have, yes. you know, you've gone through those hard as can be first couple years. You've like, you know what you're doing. That's I, awesome. I feel like I've run the gauntlet of third grade, like yeah. starting from a brand new baby teacher and then like finally getting your groove and then COVID happened. So we had to figure out how to be virtual teachers <laughs> yes. and now we're back in the classroom and having to figure out how to be a back in the classroom teacher. Yes. But last year was really cool because last uh -huh. year was my 10th year and at the end of the year the seniors come and they walk the halls of the elementary in their caps and gowns and the seniors were my first oh. babies from my first year teaching oh wow. stop it and that it, is too sweet oh my god it was, i was like oh my gosh i actually made grown people yes. <laughs> <laughs> i helped i was a part of that <laughs> That is so cool. I love the seniors did that at my school too. They would walk around and they would even hold a flower and they would give it to a teacher who had like made an impact or something. And oh, those were just tear filled days. Just like, oh, all of my babies who are big grown ups who are coming back and oh, it's just oh, no. the sweetest. I love it. Okay. So we are, or no, before I start, like why we're talking, I want to hear your journey to even get into education. Why did you choose this calling or why did this calling choose you? I guess. <laughs> Honestly, I did not want to be a teacher. Okay. My whole life, somebody told me, oh my gosh, you're going to be a teacher. Just like your mom. <laughs> my mom's a pre-K teacher up in Enid. Yeah. Um, you're going to be a teacher just like your mom. And I said, absolutely not will not be doing that thank you so much though glad you think that of me Good Absolutely not. <laughs> so i went to college at ou and i majored in political science for my freshman year okay and at the time i was working back home in enid over summers and breaks at a daycare and i absolutely loved working with the kids mm. and so i called my mom around spring break of my freshman year of college and i was like hey mom I think I want to change my major. And she goes, finally, I can quit paying for this. That you're not going to do. <laughs> she knew all along, didn't she? Everybody knew. Everybody knew. And so my mom's a teacher and my sister's a teacher. I'm a teacher. Kind of just as in our family. Well, tell me why you were resistant to it. I just thought that, well, I really thought I wanted to be a lawyer, which yeah. if you know me at all is a terrible idea because I absolutely hate confrontation. I cry very easily. I would be a terrible lawyer. You'd be a sweet, kind-hearted lawyer. <laughs> it would have been terrible. Just me in a courtroom, just like sobbing in front of the judge. No. No. But I thought that's what I wanted to do. I was very influenced by uh, the movie Legally Blonde. Okay. You know. Yes. Nice. Love it. Okay. And so I thought that's what I was going to do. It was not. 
and I had taught like I was a baton twirler growing up and so I had taught twirling classes with my coach and loved that but I was like I don't want to do that like full time I saw the work that my mom did I spent time up in her classroom (laughs) it didn't matter because now I'm doing the exact same work (laughs) that never ending always something more to do (laughs) it's hard to get away from that when there's when there's people in your family who do it. And I think that's the, mm-hmm. the same with any profession. But um, my parents both were educators. My sister, you know, is, is involved with schools as well. Um, my aunt, my uncle, like everybody. It was, that was just the, what it was. And I resisted too. But it was just <laughs> so easy to slide right back into that. Um, but it, it is, I, for me, it was comfortable. You know, I knew it. I knew it so much because I'd grown up in a school, like summers, weekends, all that stuff. So, was your experience the same? Yeah, I mean, I I loved school as a kid. I loved going up to the classroom with my mom and uh, cutting out her lamination yes. for her. Yes, loved, loved that. <laughs> um, and once I finally got into my like into the program at OU where I was like in the classroom doing observations, I was like, okay, yes, absolutely. This is the right call. This Good. is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Good. And did you always want to do elementary? Like, you know, since you've wanted to be a teacher? <laughs> well, I originally thought I wanted to do pre-K like my mom. Okay. And um, I did one of my very first observations in first grade at OU. And I was like, and I'm going to need kids who are bigger than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good call. They, they were very cute, and it was very sweet, And but I was like, I know. And then I did my next observation in fourth grade, and I was like, okay, that's closer More to More up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. There is a distinct flavor in every single, even in the high school. I have no frame of reference for the elementary, but in the high school, freshmen are wildly different from sophomores mm. and juniors, and they each are very unique, uh, and and w- would be it would be difficult to confuse them. You know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> if I walked into a classroom, I could probably sniff out. Okay, you guys are sophomores, <laughs> definitely sophomores. <laughs> that is really funny. That's probably true, and I have no frame of reference for that. They're all just big kids. To yeah, me. they're all just uh-huh. yeah. the old kids. <laughs> Well, okay, so we are here to talk to you. We got connected to you through Jackie Mancinelli of Start Healing Together. And first, we, okay, well, listeners, we spoke to Jackie. She was our ninth episode. We spoke to her on March 18th, and that episode is called Teaching Through Loss. And so Jackie's organization, Start Healing Together, is an organization that provides information and support to help alleviate the stigmas surrounding pregnancy, loss, and infertility. That's kind of the official stuff on their website. Could you tell us, you know, what uh, Start Healing Together is, how you, you know, sought it out, how it sought you out, all of that stuff? Um, It's kind of a roundabout journey on how I got hooked up with Jackie, but I'll give you the rundown of it all. Um, So... Uh, last spring, in May of last spring, my husband and I finally got pregnant after almost three years of infertility. And then on June 29th at our nine-week ultrasound, they found that our baby did not have a heartbeat. Mm. And um, so I miscarried that day. 
Well, on July 1st, I flew out to Chicago for NEA representative assembly. So two days later. Oh, okay. And uh, Jackie was actually at representative assembly bringing a new business item about being able to use bereavement leave for miscarriages. And I had seen the, her new business item in the program. And I went to my NEA director for Oklahoma, Zach Grimm, and I said, um, would it be weird if I went over and talked to her? Because this is like a huge conference, yeah. like 50 people from each state. Wow. So huge conference. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was like, no, absolutely not. I have connections with New Jersey. Let's go over and let's talk with her. And so I went over to meet Jackie on the floor at RA and introduced myself and said just like how much seeing her new business item mm-hmm. meant to me as somebody who had just experienced just, a miscarriage yes. like days before mm-hmm. was still going through the physicalness of it mm-hmm. and the emotional and honestly I had never thought about miscarriages being bereavement leave I, I mean uh-huh. I I know people who have miscarried before. I know that it's a thing that affects people, but honestly, until it happened to me, it was never something in the forefront of my mind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I talked to Jackie on the floor and um, her new business item was about letting NEA make the language available to the states. So that way states could make it available to their districts. And it passed on the RA floor and it was wonderful. Um, well, then I emailed back and forth with Jackie afterwards, just keeping in touch, because when I came back from RA, I immediately went to my district. I was lead negotiator for our contract negotiations this summer. Okay. And I came back from RA, and like five days after I got back, I said, we need to put this in our contract. Mm. Our district responded wonderfully and they said, absolutely, yes. And so now it is in our contract that a teacher as an employee, a spouse, a domestic partner who experiences pregnancy loss will be eligible for bereavement leave mm. instead of their instead of using their sick days. Yeah. Wow. That's so appropriate. It's like, yes. it's like, of course, that makes sense. Of course. And it's just. I mean, and that's what the district said. They were like. Well, of course, like, absolutely. Uh Of course they should. I mean, I, so at my site alone, and I teach at a pretty big elementary school. There's like, we're a staff of 60 ish. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, in the past two years, I was the sixth person to miscarry. Oh, wow. Right. It's affecting so many teachers and especially you have to think about who is trying to get pregnant. Most of the time it's younger teachers Mm -hmm. who don't have a huge bank of sick leave. Mm -hmm. And when you experience a miscarriage, not only are you experiencing the physicalness of it, but the emotional grief of losing that. Mm -hmm. And then having to think, okay, well, but if I, if I take five sick days right now, then that's only going to leave me with five sick days left for the whole year. And Mm -hmm. if I'm trying to get pregnant and if, Mm -hmm. so it was, the whole spiral thing and I genuinely feel that had I not had the miscarriage myself right before I went to RA that Jackie's language would not have hit me the way it did and right. I wouldn't have brought that back to my district yeah so it kind of like mm. gave my miscarriage a purpose mm. that mm. I was able to find some good out of it and bring it 
to my district. To your district. And yeah, now all of the coming teachers will get to benefit mm-hmm. from this. So what was it like before this was put in place? If there was a loss of pregnancy or a loss of a child, what would be the commonplace thing that school would do? So if it was a loss of a child who was already like alive and born, then that would have been bereavement. Leave. Okay. But if it was a loss of pregnancy anywhere in there, so up to like a stillbirth at 39 weeks, oh, it wow. would have been your sick days. Yeah. That is <clears throat> torturous. Yeah. It's, it's, you said it's, it's affecting kind of- teachers, but it's quietly affecting teachers. Yeah. You know, it was, and, and when Jackie was talking about it to us, it's, it's like she experienced it, turned right around, went to school because she didn't know what to do with it. You know, she didn't feel like it, there was an excuse there to not go to work, which is yep. outrageous. But to be able to put it in the policy, like, no, this is how we as a school deal with loss during pregnancy gives everybody the good foundation mm-hmm. to say, I'm, I'm taking a few days because I'm broken right now and it's okay. You know, I don't have to feel bad about it, which was commonplace from from what Jackie told us. That was commonplace. Oh, yeah. And um, like the almost the guilt, too, Mm -hmm. that teachers felt like, well, if if I'm not in my classroom, my team is having to cover for me. I, I mean, if I'm not really sick, then I should be there. But bereavement leave, you're on leave because you are grieving. Yeah. Not because you're sick. Yeah. But um, the overall response to putting this into our contract language was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of the school year at our convocation, um, our um, union goes up on stage and we go over all of the contract changes with the entire district. So all of the employees are there in an auditorium. And so we have the whole slideshow. And since I was the contract negotiator, I was going through the language items. And so when I got to the new language item showing the that we were adding bereavement leave for miscarriage loss, the entire auditorium started applauding. Wow. <laughs> I was up on stage. I, I'm a crier. <laughs> I gotcha. I'm a crier. <laughs> and I was like, I had, I mean, I was it was just so good for my heart to see how yeah. well they were responding to this thing that has just become so near and dear to me. Yeah. And I'm hoping that other districts and other places will see this and put it into place for their employees too. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't help but think that your time, you know, a year or whatever going through school to be an a lawyer and then just kind of that in your heart that you must have like what role that played in this coming to like your advocacy you know you're fighting for other people so I love that you have that I mean that was like a perfect combination of like to give you you know what you needed to be able to kick some butt here and and honestly being a contract negotiator, if for t- those teachers that don't know, it's an incredibly tenuous position. It's incredibly difficult, right? Am I, I right? don't know <laughs> this. Tell me about it. I don't really know. So I had, this was my third year to serve on our negotiations team, mm-hmm. but it was my first year as lead negotiator. So we would go in, we would meet as a, our union side, the teacher's union side, 
and we would say, okay, here are the things that we're hearing from teachers. These are the changes that we'd like to put into our contract. And sometimes it's like silly things like what, what day your room money must be spent by, but sometimes it's big things. Okay. And then we go in and we sit at a table with all of the upper administration for the, for the whole school. Yeah. For the whole district. Yeah. Your elementary superintendent, your upper superintendent, all like the district bigwigs. And then we negotiate back and forth on the contract language. And so, um, this year I was asked to serve as lead negotiator for the district. And so I was kind of the person leading our negotiations team. And it's, it's a very long process over the summer and it's very rewarding to get to kind of see like a glimpse behind the curtain of what goes on, but you're out there advocating for all of the teachers in your district, Mm -hmm. not just your site, not just elementary teachers, all of the wow yeah. yeah yeah and and That's it can big. be it can be combative uh it can be um you know a- admin may not want to give you what you're asking for um and and they also you know for some they just they want to go to school they want to go to the classroom they want to teach and they, they just don't want to be visible when you're at that table everybody who runs the whole district knows exactly mm. who you are. <laughs> so it's just, it's complex. It's difficult. And I, the, the only reason I bring it up is I want to say good for you. Like to have the guts to do that is a very, I mean, it's not a small thing. So well done. Kudos. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. For real. I, uh, I, love how active I have become in our teachers union. I'm the vice president of our teachers union this year, but I started out as like just a building rep for my site and then got more involved and more involved. And now I'm vice president and lead negotiator for last year. (laughs) That is amazing. So what would a teacher who doesn't have this built into their contract currently and who, you know, is realizing that this is a real need for their school, for their district, what first steps do you, do you have first steps for people to go about doing this? So if you're in a district that doesn't have this language, the first thing that I would do is I would email your union president because that's probably who negotiates your contract or knows who to get in touch with for your collective bargaining team and bring this as a, this is something I would like to see you all bring to the negotiations table next year. You could also go ahead and email your head of HR because it could be something that the admin side could bring to the table too, because collective bargaining is about both sides bringing things that they think will benefit the district and benefit teachers. So emailing either one of those people to just get the process started would be fabulous. And I'm going to ask a question that I think some young teachers may have. They may be like, I'm not in the union. Mm. Can they still email and reach out to their union leader, even if they're not a part of it. Absolutely. Because the contract for your district covers all Mm. teachers, your union will negotiate your contract, but you are covered by the contract because you are a teacher for the district. So let your voice be heard. Mm. Let your voice be heard. Yes. That's a plug. Consider joining your teacher's union. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that is something that has been demonized somewhat yeah, uh, over the last few that. years. Um, and going back to when I started teaching in 1997, I was told by a few older people, don't 
join the union. Same. And I, you know, I don't know why they told me that. I didn't, but it was kind of, kind of weird. Um, but to speak more, you know, succinctly to kind of the language that's been uh, in and around uh, unions today, can you speak to some of the, like the misnomers, the things that people have said about unions but aren't really true? Is there anything you'd like to respond to that? I would just like to say that teachers unions genuinely have the best interests of teachers and students in their hearts. The news and the media sometimes makes it out to seem like we are not in it for the teachers and we are not in it for the students. But if you spend time with your teachers union people at a building rep meeting, at an executive committee meeting, doing functions at your state level, national level, you'll see the passion that these mm. teachers have. The most of them are education. teachers, right? Like they're, they're teachers. <laughs> so, yeah. right. They're all teachers. Yeah. See? They're all teachers. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They're not some other organization that has kind of infiltrated education. They're no, they're it. just, they're teachers like you who got involved, mm -hmm. they got a little bit more involved and they just kept getting more and more involved. So that's what baffles me about to the misconception of what the union is. I mean, mm -hmm. if you don't delve into it, you don't research it a little bit, you can be like, oh, I, it's, it's not something I want to be a part of, but you're choosing not to be a part of something that is innately beneficial, beneficial and centered directly around the teacher, the classroom, the kids. And there's so many benefits that come with it, just the um, the camaraderie and then, of course, like the legal protections, and, but then also like the professional development opportunities that come from the state level, like mm. OEA offers some fabulous professional development opportunities to its members. And if you're not a member, then you're missing out on those opportunities. So Yeah, that's good. Well, cool. So in your, you know, fighting for to get this good contract language in your contracts for you for you know future people who are going to be um getting pregnant what what did it teach you about you or even like did it change how you taught in your classroom did it were there changes that it had on you not so much in the classroom because okay. I mean I teach pretty I teach I mean they're little in the grand scheme of yes. the world they're they're big at school but they're little in the grand scheme of the world but um, it really changed how private I had been about our struggles to mm -hmm. get pregnant our struggle with miscarrying just the whole process of it because it was always something to me I perceived it as oh, somebody miscarried, that's it. Don't talk about it. You don't mention it. That's it. You you know it happened, but that's it. And it really kind of, going through it myself, realized, like, I, I want to talk about it. Mm. It was a loss. I was excited mm. for this possibility of this baby. I was excited. My husband and I were excited for this baby, and then we lost it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that just because it happened, it went away. I mean, I'm still grieving it yeah. and it happened over the summer and being able to talk to people who miscarried before we got this contract language and mm -hmm. seeing how happy they were for people who might go through it. Not that right. we wish anybody to, of course, it because it is absolutely terrible. But the fact is people are going to go through it and now they have this 
security blanket mm-hmm. lifting them mm. up and being with them yeah yeah so it really how open I was about talking about my experience. Well, do you feel like that has been a benefit to you by opening up and talking about it? Absolutely. Um, one of um, one of my really good friends here at school, she miscarried last year okay. before I did. And then just the relationship trauma bonding that we've been able to form through this and kind of heal each other by sharing our stories mm. to each other and sharing them to other people who are curious about what happened. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been really, really eye-opening. Good. And thank yeah. you. I'm so glad that you shared your opening, you know, and being able to share with people. I mean, that's benefiting you and all of the listeners who are getting to hear your story also. Yeah. That's great. Well, for young teachers that may be in a district and maybe they know that their contract does not have this type of language in it. There are no protections for those who go through something like this. It, to me, because I'm a man and, and I'm like on the outside of this, right? Admittedly, and I, I don't feel like I have any voice to, with regard to this, but I think what is key is that I think this is something that, uh, women have to champion because the guys in in administration they may not even think about it it may not be even something that is on the radar can you speak to to that and maybe the importance that if 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 there is a young teacher in a in a school how important is it that they you know stand up speak up and and try to move this forward at their district um we were the first district in Oklahoma, and I, to my knowledge, we're the only district that has this language in it because I brought it straight back from yeah. RA. Um, and when we took the language in with Jackie's language, we made it very specific to where it is not just a teacher, it is a teacher and or a spouse. So you as a man, yeah. if your partner experienced one, you would also be eligible for bereavement leave because it okay. is it's a loss for you too. So I don't think, I don't think many men are going to be out there championing this language just because until it happens to you, right? it, it doesn't, it doesn't really register for them. Mm-hmm. Women, however, they know more people who have gone through it. It miscarriages are one in four. Yes know people who are going through it this needs to be something that's being talked about with younger teachers with older teachers who have pull with younger teachers just because it needs to be brought to awareness Mm -hmm. it needs to be in contract language across the state because it's really helpful to teachers to not have to use their sick leave for it right no and Yes, not use their sick leave for it, not feeling so they're not feeling guilty that they have to come to school through the hell that they are walking through currently. And just and I just I keep thinking I'm so how grateful I am that you are out there using your voice and that other people are out there using their voices. But I can't help but grieve with you that you have you have the, the hurting people has to be the one that keeps telling their story that keeps reopening and walking through those fresh wounds. And so I hate that that's how it is 
I also understand that, like you said, until you experience it yourself or possibly until you hear someone else's experience, it's not going to open your mind to, you know, what is needed. But I just, I'm sorry that it's your voice that needs to be heard, but I thank you so much for being willing for your voice to be heard. I, I give all credit to this to Jackie. If okay. Jackie had not brought this uh, language at her day, even as somebody going through a, mis, a miscarriage at yeah. the time, it never occurred to me, oh, this should be bereavement leave. But when I yeah. saw it, yeah. Jackie's language, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, this should be bereavement leave. Yes. But it honestly, it never... It yeah. never crossed my mind yeah. until, and then once you hear it, you're like, well, of course it should. <laughs> this is really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, there's no question about it. And when I brought it to our district, the, like, the instant that I showed them the language, they were immediately, yes, that's happening. That's so good. They were, they felt the same. Like, as soon as they saw it, they were like, absolutely, we should be doing that. Yeah. And I don't feel like I don't feel like hardly any district would push back against this. Yeah, it's I beneficial to your teachers. It's supporting your teachers, and it's just something that needs to be done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, it really does. I want every single school district to have this language in there. We need to. Yeah, we need. We're to. spreading the word. Yeah. So if you're if you're a listener, talk to your union rep or go to the head of HR. Mm-hmm. And I would say just ask the question, you know, like, is this in there? And if, if it's not in there, why not? <laughs> and how can we how can we move forward, you know? Yeah. And go to starthealingtogether.com or start healing together on all the socials and look up Jackie. And she has lots of good stuff on like where to get started. You know, there's so many good stuff about you know, people sharing their stories on there. I love getting to read other people's stories. And, but then there's also so many actionable things yeah. that we can do. Yeah. And so go to start healing together also. It's great. <laughs> well, so you're on winter break right now. You're getting ready to go back in what? In like a week or so? I go back. Teachers go back January 2nd and our kids start January 3rd. Oh, the second is so early. <laughs> it's so early. <laughs> I always liked the breaks that went longer that like we got to. It wasn't until on further into January. Yeah. 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 I agree because this, I mean, we're out the same two weeks, no matter what, yeah. but this year we were out for that like whole week before Christmas, Yes, which was nice, but you know, I feel like Christmas break, you're just like waiting around to Christmas. Yes. And now it's like Christmas is, and I'm like, I only have like three days left. I know. To my break. You don't have a time to like breathe after New Year's or anything. <laughs> oh, well, that's. Good luck going back. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be fun. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So is there anything else that you would like to talk about before we kind of start wrapping things up? Rick, you too? No. This has been so good. This has been such good information. I'm excited for our listeners to get to hear it. It's really good. Okay. Thank you so much for bringing me on this yeah. so I can spread awareness. Well, good, good. I'm glad you were so willing. Okay, so to close, I'm going to ask you a question. You have 60 seconds 
to go back to your former self. You said you've been teaching 11 years. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. 11 years ago, go back to your former self before you were to walk into your very first third grade classroom. You have all this 11 years of experience now. What are you telling her that would be the most beneficial things? And you only have 60 seconds, so it's got to be the top good stuff. Focus on building the relationships, the relationships with your kids, the relationships with your team, relationships within the staff of your building, because that is what is going to sustain you through the hard times. The relationships that you form with those kids, they'll come back year after year. The relationships you form with the staff, they will be who picks you up when you are having a bad day. Mm. So focus on those relationships. Oh, I love that. We've had a ton of people say the relationships with the kids. I have not heard anyone focus on the, say, focus on the relationships with like your cohorts, with your staff. That is so important. Mm -hmm. So important. And that's something when I started teaching, you know, a young 22 year old, I didn't realize that. And I like stayed in my little corner. And for my first four or five years of teaching, I was very much closed off to everyone. And I, that was, I see now how like that led me into darker and darker and darker places. So I think that's so good to cultivate those relationships with your coworkers. Yep. For sure. That is good. Okay. And then the last question we're going to, I'm going to ask all three of us and it is what is something that you are enjoying these days, consuming anything that you would like to share with our listeners. It can be teacher related or not. It can be anything you want. TV podcasts, whatever. I'll give you time to think about it. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, I'm going to suggest that everyone should watch the movie Enola Holmes. Have you guys seen this? Yes. Did you like it? It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I loved it. Have you seen I it? Have, I have not seen it yet. I was trying to talk my husband into watching it <laughs> last weekend, but he was not about that. Mm. So I think I'm going to have to watch it by myself. Well, I watched it last night and I just enjoyed the heck out of it. I don't usually sit down and watch just movies. I My ADHD brain, I need shows. I need to get up and do stuff. But like I sat down and watched that entire thing. And it was just a fun, good kid movie. I enjoyed the heck out of it. And it's fun, all the tying in of the Sherlock Holmes story into it. For those of you who don't know, Enola Holmes is Sherlock's sister. And anyway, all the hijinks that they get into. I thought it was really good. And I, I watched that with my wife. Uh-huh. And sh- she wanted to watch it. So uh, it was it was okay. The one the one issue I had with the, okay. with the movie was that Sherlock Holmes was Superman. <laughs> and they... They try, they tried to disguise the fact that he's built like a bodybuilder and like perfect, <laughs> beautiful, yes. Yeah, and it just uh, that was I had to get over that. <laughs> <laughs> Sherlock's not supposed to be superhuman. Well, that you know, I'm a historian. Be, people were not built like that at that time. So, <laughs> gotcha. but, but whatever, it's a kids' movie. Whatever. Yeah, who cares? He's a great actor. Yeah, it just. It was good. Yeah. All right. What about you, Jordan? Okay. I'm going to go with that everybody should read Something Wilder by Christina Lauren. Okay. I'm a big reader. It's a romance novel, but it's not too, it's not like, like gag you cheesy romance. I'm all over it. It's okay. like a, it's a second, like a second chance romance and they're on like a wild west treasure hunt. <gasps> Fun. I could not. I could not put it down. Well, anything by Christina Lauren is wonderful, but this is probably my favorite book that I read in this year. And say the title again. 
called Something Wilder. Something Wilder. Okay. okay. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Rick, you're up. Uh, I'm going to go with the Sherlock theme. Ooh, okay. Um, you know, the BBC, they had a, a short run series and it was like they, you know, that they, they would have uh, an episode and then they would wait and then they would have another uh-huh, episode. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm watching that, rewatching that again with my daughter and we just love it so much. Okay. But it's Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then the other guy never can remember his the, name from the original Office. Isn't it? Uh, maybe he's he's it, like he's the gym the character Hobbit. from the, yes yeah, yeah. yeah it's that same person so I can't remember his name. We love both of them, and they're it's just so great. We love that show. My husband loves that show. I've watched it, but I don't know. I just never. You need a bulkier, stronger Sherlock Holmes. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I need that. <laughs> Start it today. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, awesome. Well, Jordan, again, thank you so much. I'm so glad I got to meet you. Thank you. It was wonderful to meet you guys, too. Yes. Thank you for coming, and thank you for joining us and sharing your story. Yes. Uh, we, we so appreciate it. Visit our website at relatethaneducate.com. And if you would like us at your school, we want to be there. So go to our website, click on our speaking page, and see what all we talk about and get in touch with us. We want to come to your school. We want to meet your teachers. Um, And we are always looking for more teachers to talk to on the podcast because, teachers, you have a story worthy of sharing. We love getting to hear your stories, hear from you, from your mouth. So reach out to us on our website, or better yet, email us at Aaron, E-R-I-N, at relatethaneducate.com. Let me say that again, Aaron at relatethaneducate.com, or you can email us on podcast at relatethaneducate.com, and we will respond to you like ASAP, so get those emails in. Please like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Relate Then Educate and on Twitter at Relate Then E-D-U-C and the number one. On those social medias, share what we post, like us, please, please, please. We're trying to grow. We're trying to get into, you know, the screens of more and more teachers. We have good stuff that we want to share with our teachers. So help us doing that by liking and sharing our stuff. Um. And then on whatever you're listening to this podcast, please follow us and leave a review. That would be so helpful. Finally, teachers, I have something to say, and you need to know I mean it. Here I go. (laughs) Teachers, you are worthy. You are valuable. And oh, you are so very loved. Bye-bye.